welcome to Rain City Bunker. This is episode 24. My name is Greg Moon. I am here with my friend and co-host, Andy Brown. That's me. And uh, gosh, it's already toward the end of summer, Andy. It's August 31st we're recording this. I know. I can't believe it. Tomorrow is Labor Day. Yeah. So that's the unofficial end of summer, right? Yeah, that's that's how, ever since I've been a kid, that's what I perceive the end of summer to be is when uh, Labor Day is over. But it's not really, right? It's it's September sometime. September, September 21st. So yeah. when you go back to school, you're actually in school for about um, two or three weeks of summer. Wow. So have you heard like in California that the kids, they actually are not having like the summers like how we used to have, like about two months off. I think they only have about like a month off. Oh, is that the way it works in California? I now? guess so. And I don't know if that's a new thing, but it, that just depresses me. But I don't know. I guess the kids don't mind. Well, you know... Um, they say the summer vacation goes back to the uh, farm days, right? Yeah. When they needed the kids to be laboring on the farms. That's yes. what I've heard. I don't know if that's true. I, I think that's probably true. That makes sense. Um, but, you know, I just, summer to me, uh, that, that's just my bias. That's how I grew up. Summer to me is like those two months off, you know, from July and August. You, you have to have those two months off. Oh, yeah. I remember those months well when you're a kid and in the days when I grew up and we didn't have much money, so we would just stick around home, but we'd have friends, you know, we'd hang out with our friends, ride our bicycles and play tag and just all that kind of crazy kid stuff around the and neighborhood. Didn't it seem to last forever? It did. Two months is a long time yeah. when you're eight years old. Yeah. I've heard that um, the reason things seem like they lasted longer when you're a kid is because you you have less time under your belt. So right. that takes two months is considerably more of your life than it is when you're like 40 something yeah, yeah like yeah. we are yes um we're no, not <laughs> so yeah percentage wise it's smaller and i think i don't know maybe when you get older you've just been going to school and working so long that yeah. everything i don't know everything goes fast and you know so when i think of summer we'll get to this in a bit but you know i think of for some reason a quintessential summer movie for me is jaws and uh you know that kind of thing like you know, creatures and, and uh, I know it's not uh, Halloween yet, but like some horror movies and campfire ghost stories and that kind of thing. Uh, but we have a couple of creature feature stories for you. And I, I'll let Greg kick it off. Yeah. N- none of these stories were really big, but um, since Andy and I do this podcast together, I sent him things I find are interesting and vice versa. And uh, gosh, about a month ago, I saw this picture of a really odd creature on one of the local um, websites. And once again, we'll have links to all this yes, stuff. Yes, we'll put all the links up. And it looked a lot to me like the the uh, baby alien <laughs> from Alien and Aliens and whatever the last one was. I mean, it was very... The, the chest burster? It's been a while since I've seen the yeah. photo, so I don't really remember. The thing that popped yeah, out of the chest? Yeah, the baby alien. <laughs> but anyway, there's a picture. Someone had found this, and it was only an inch long, so it was a really small creature. And they posted the picture on social media and they were asking, what is this? And uh, eventually I think it ended up with a biology professor or someone. They, yeah. they knew what it was. And uh, you'll, you'll see the picture. But it, it ended up being just a folding door spider, which is similar to a trapdoor spider. But uh, the biologist or whoever it was said that because you don't see these, these are underground spiders, you never see them. That's why they look so odd. It's just something we don't see. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting when that, when that happens, like I don't, did we ever get an ID or did any, anybody ever ID that remember the sewer pipe thing with the, the weird pulsating. Oh boy. That you're going back a few years. Yeah, Andy. That's yeah, one yeah. of our earlier episodes of rain but, city bunker. You know, it's probably something that's, that just occurs out there in nature. And, um, it's just when you don't see it all the time, it just looks alien. Yeah. And some biologists are, you know, they deal with trapdoor spiders and right. this one was called a folding door spider. So they may be kind of more familiar with it, but yeah, well, it makes you wonder how that underground spider got into it. I think it sounded like it was a bird bath or something. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. a bird found it and decided it was too ugly to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but you said they're, they're, it's fairly harmless, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, I was reassured by this because the uh, biologist, the scientists, I'll just say scientists, that's more yeah. generic. They said that there are no poisonous. Well, that's not true, though. Yeah. Well, I remember them saying, like, they're harmless, like all Northwest spiders. But I just realized we have brown recluse up here. You know, though, they. And those are pretty it's, dangerous if you get bit. They're not venomous, though. Did he say not venomous? Maybe he, yeah. Brown recluse spiders, it's more like their bite is has a bacteria in it and or it gets something really like infected. Yeah, and it, it causes it's your... It's kind of dangerous. I mean, you can really is. get it, hurt. It causes the skin. From what I remember about this, when you get bit by a brown recluse spider, I think it's the bacteria in its bite. It causes um, skin necrosis, which you so your skin dies, yeah. and, and that can spread and be bad. Maybe what they said, I should have remembered this better, but maybe what they said, it's not lethal <laughs> yes yeah yeah we don't have lethal spiders right. here in the northwest yes. which is reassuring yes you still is. don't want to get bit by a no. brown recluse or there's another really bad one i don't want to be bit by anything no <laughs> even little you know friends of mine wake up with little bites and they think they might be spider bites yeah, yeah. i think i have one right there. yeah Spider bites. So I, I know I have your, either have shaving marks or they're spider bites. <laughs> um, so that was kind of interesting. Just that spider looked like the alien to me, just really ugly and and uh, menacing. Yeah, and and we were the, the other thing we were talking about. Um, this goes back to Jaws. Um, is there was a story earlier in the summer of uh, they found some sharks, great whites that had been killed and eaten or attacked. And the bite mark was of like a much larger shark. And so the belief is, is that there, and this is off the coast of Australia. Uh, so the belief is, is there, there might be some mega shark, you know, on the order of jaws that's attacking these other sharks. So, and I, I think. And they don't know it's still a mystery. I think, I believe it is. I don't is. know this story as well um, as you do. I believe it is, or they, they think that this, uh, this may be somewhat common or, or something but uh still the idea that there's something that's killing great whites is kind of because great whites are on top of the food chain right yeah. besides us of yeah. course but they're in the ocean they're top of the food chain right 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 but it's, it's probably another great white um now uh this may be kind of a dumb question i bet you know this maybe a whale shark whale sharks are harmless are they sharks <sighs> i think they are sharks yeah and they feed off it's plankton, right? So they're actually a shark, but they're not carnivorous. Or, well, plankton is meat, I guess. But right. It's, um, but it's a very. They look really menacing, but they're completely harmless. Okay. So it wasn't a whale shark that attacked these no, great whites. No, yeah, it couldn't have been. Unless it was a mutant whale shark, <laughs> which is going to be the new uh, sci fi, uh, you know, made for sci fi movie. Sharkzilla versus uh, Gatorzilla. Or... <laughs> um, but. That brings us to where we were talking about this. That brings us to our next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the idea um, 
you know, Sci-Fi Channel, they've done Sharknado, and like Greg said, I think they've had Mega Shark versus Sharktopus, and I mean, they've had all they've had all sorts of stuff, right? But the Discovery Channel, uh, one of the most popular things they've done for a long time now is their Shark Week, and uh, they got into a little bit of trouble some time ago for airing a fake mermaid documentary which was entirely faked i was telling greg about it where they they had some faked mermaid footage and the whole idea of the uh <laughs> this documentary is like our mermaids real and you know they had actors who were pretending to be scientists and that so sort of thing um and then i know in this most recent shark week they had uh one of their and i'm going to put air quotes on it uh documentaries was called something like the louisiana zombie shark and um, there was uh, a little bit of controversy with this because the, uh, there was an actual marine biologist who they they interviewed, contacted for uh, some of his some footage for this to interview him for the show for the show. And he didn't really know the specifics of what it was about, but he began to get suspicious because they seemed to be kind of leading him into saying certain things or they wanted him to say certain things. And then apparently when he saw the final cut, he was really disappointed because they cut it in such a way that they, they made it seem as if he was on the hunt for the Louisiana zombie shark. Ah, the magic of editing. Yeah. Which he does not believe in and that he was in a race against time against these two Louisiana kind of, um, and, and I'm using his, his, paraphrasing his words like louisiana backwoods fishermen who were hunting this guy much in the same way somebody would be hunting like hunting this shark much in the same way that somebody would be hunting bigfoot and uh he was disappointed with that and i don't know you know i i kind of catch on quickly when there's these these kind of phony like i never fell for the blair witch thing i was like oh no this is i i thought it was a clever idea but I, I knew people that actually thought it was real. Oh, I remember people yeah, telling me that. And, yeah. and, and I feel like you maybe know, they were putting you on, though. Maybe they were trying to make you think it was. Oh, well, maybe. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like and you know, I'm, I don't preclude the idea that I might be snookered at some point. But I feel like I'm pretty good at, at discerning some of these things. But not everybody is. And what do you think the responsibility, Greg? What do you think the responsibility of a an entity like the discovery channel that purports to at least on some level present educational. Well, I want to talk quickly a little bit more about yeah. this though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, a Louisiana zombie shark. I don't know. Now it, my guess is because new Orleans and they had a bit of voodoo. that uh, voodoo culture yeah. there. Maybe that's why they chose Louisiana. So did do you, do you know anything what they were trying to present the zombie shark I'm, as? I'm, I'm sorry, I did not okay. see the quote unquote document. Do you know? Is there any kind of weird legend about anything, or is this I, completely I think manufactured? That it could be completely manufactured, but they presented it as if it, there was a legendary Louisiana zombie shark. Okay, so before we started the podcast, Andy was trying to explain this to me, and I was extremely perplexed <laughs> because. It just kind of didn't compute with me that the Discovery Channel, which I think of as mainly decent science, I don't watch it a lot, but yeah. the things that I watch on Discovery Channel, I think, oh, this is factual. Yeah. This is 
maybe scientific or you know at least right. factual right you know, whether right. scientific or not right but so when andy was telling me about this i was just really perplexed i said what are you talking about yeah. and i'm still not totally clear but like the mermaid thing yeah so mermaids are a real was, legend that's a real legend but that whole thing it was done in a documentary style and it was completely faked right they had actors posing as scientists and there there may have been i don't remember but there may have been a little um disclaimer that it was for you know Okay. That, it, that it wasn't well that makes a big difference to yeah. me to but me when i'm talking like, like little disclaimer i'm yeah, like boom yeah. for like a second or two right and, yeah well for me i guess it it depends on the brand you're trying to build i mean i'm no expert but you know right we're both kind of familiar with trying to like rain city bunker it's just us doing a podcast but it's kind of a brand right right, right. Yeah. and but if, if you have something a big brand like discovery channel and you market it a certain way and it has a certain reputation. Yeah. I would think as a marketing or salesperson that they would want to maintain that reputation unless they're just saying, you know, screw it. We're going to go entertainment totally. I, well, I so think, to me, they're risking their reputation because yeah. this obviously is not factual or scientific, right. which is fine. But, you know, everyone it, does that. But it's designed to fool. You know what I mean? If it if it had AK kind of like the War of the Worlds thing that was kind of designed to fool. Yeah, I think I think Orson Welles did have a did have a he did have a thought that you know they were going to fool people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but then again, uh, I think before they started the War of the Worlds, I think they they did have a thing up front that said this is a radio play from the Mercury Theater, right? Um, and you know, and, and it's the people who tuned in after that that announcement. They, they tended to be more full. So the, the, you're saying on the Discovery Channel, do you know but perhaps both or one? They have like just a quick one second I don't disclaimer. Okay. I don't know. We don't uh, know. I, so I we want to look but, into that. But a I think bit, it. But. I I don't think it was very clear. Yeah. And to me, that's that's really disappointing because it's like if you're going to do something that you know is like we're presenting this piece of fiction um, because it's similar to the sort of things that we. Cover, that's fine i i think it's that's more has a home more on the sci-fi channel uh than the discovery channel but uh you know it's just I, I think they were deliberately trying to fool people and i think they were trying to garner i think it's when does it get they, press they're trying to get they're press trying to get press and they're trying to sell advertising dollars yeah. and um i bet you a lot of people watched it so yeah it probably but, functioned from that perspective but as i was saying you know i I'm not a marketing expert, but if you have a certain brand and you appeal to a certain group of people, right. certain demographics right. and, you know, professionals, well-educated people, probably right. more often than than the other sorts yeah. of people watch that. And if they start doing stuff like that, they're changing their target audience and, yeah. you know, it could go to their benefit. Yeah. But to me, it's like risking a brand. Right. And, you know, gosh, I think I've seen Discovery Channel stuff at like uh aquariums and zoos oh, yeah. yeah so if they start doing stuff like that they're really in my you know yeah. um non-professional opinion right. think that that's that's really risking a brand and it, yeah. you know it has a certain value to the brand it, it could you know it, it but it's also i also find it interesting how like the learning channel and discovery channel have have morphed into i mean the learning channel has isn't that like uh that's where the John and Kate plus eight and that was on the learning. I, I think that was on the learning. Yeah, I don't channel. think I even watched the learning channel, but, but to me, the name of the channel says about learning like Sesame uh, street I, all the way through that's like public television, but yeah. okay. I know, I know, but yeah. that sort of 
educational type right, learning right, channel right. suggests to me educational yeah whether it's for children or middle school and, or, and or adults you know can you tell me how this is one i've never understood but ice road truckers which i've watched maybe one episode oh of. yeah yeah i think i've seen an episode or two of that that's on the history channel yeah how is that history yeah that's, I, I don't get that yeah i and, think i think they're kind of maybe maybe it's the internet but people these they seem to be sacrificing their identities to try to grasp at these other type of because reality shows are big so maybe the history yeah. channel said hey we want to get involved with reality shows yeah which really doesn't make sense for something called the history channel yeah. right <laughs> i guess you know uh yeah i don't get it i mean i guess you could do a reality show of historians <laughs> yeah. well now, now let's let's say something like this you could do a reality show and i uh, i i thought they were going to do this and then i i think it fell through because i had a friend who was going to apply for this but i know they had some uh an open call for people to be on a show where they would attempt using period uh tools and stuff attempt to build like a viking longship mm -hmm. um now that you know you could it could be a reality show you could have teams you could have competition you could have i don't know people kicked out of the, the long house or whatever you know <laughs> and but they are doing something that's associated directly with or, history. or closely to history yeah. we're trying to see what it took to build a viking longship right so that yeah that kind of makes sense yeah. i mean it's a bit of a stretch maybe but yeah. at least it's with the theme of history i don't get how ice road truckers has anything to do with history hey that's been going on since the 40s or 50s <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know yeah i think you have to stretch pretty far yeah um well so yeah maybe discovery channel's ratings are going down they needed yeah. a, a jolt the ratings yeah. i mean i don't know could be but I, you know to me it's really fascinating well you know we're we're at the age where we remember when mtv was just music, music videos yeah. and video djs yeah. now i mean I, I barely ever turn it on but now it's almost all reality shows and game yeah. shows and stuff well, I now, think. and now here's something so they they decided it was worth it to shift what yeah. they were doing Here's something that could we could really dive deep on and we won't. And it's it's a little bit out of our out of our the things we sort of talk about because it's a little bit political. But one of the things that's happened, I don't know when it happened, but TV news, right? Your TV news stations like, let's say, NBC, CBS, ABC, the big, big three. Um, in the days of Walter Cronkite and before before cable was big, before cable was big. The news division was kept entirely separate from the entertainment division. Those were two separate entities. Mm -hmm. And and the re part of the reason was is they did not want the influence. News was always considered to be a lost leader. In other words, it wasn't necessarily going to make you money, but it's something that you had for your network's prestige. Right. Um, that is gone now. Yeah. Um, That's the, pretty the, much gone. The people who are the producers for the entertainment also produce your news. And I think we see the impact of that. I think we see news decisions being made for out of concern for advertising dollars. And that is not a I don't think that's a good direction to go down. Yeah. Um, to me, it seems as though, you know, uh, and I, I'm not complaining about it, but, you know, you have kind of the MSNBC on the left and Fox on the right. Seems to me there be a market. Well, ish. Yeah. He's Andy shaking his head. <laughs> but it seems to me that there would be a real market for a straight up news channel. Like just because no, the, the thing that gets, I think, 
you know, because yeah. I, I tend to be more conservative. Watching Fox is there's so much commentary that people, but it's called Fox News, but it really should be a separate channel called Fox Commentary, yeah. I think. Yeah. And similar on the other stations, I think. Yeah. But CNN, I think they, they try to be, they have less of the commentary. Right. But um, it seems to me a hard news organization that's just kind of the facts without all these instant opinions. Right. About well, what's they, going they, on. That just is somehow kept separate from uh, the idea of making money and and selling advertising. Yeah. Those uh, days may be gone. Though. They may be gone. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So uh, were we going to do any more of the creatures? Yeah, I think that's good. OK. Um, and you were you had a you had an interest. I, I found it very interesting. It was a long article. So I didn't I just had time to peruse it. But Greg dove into yeah, it a little bit this actually this came up um on my facebook feed from a friend who posted is a, a five-page gq of all places oh, article okay. yeah and um i had not heard about this this just really fascinated me in maine they had uh, a character uh they was kind of they didn't know if it was a, a real person People or not would see him in the woods it was a semi-mythical like person yeah or yeah person yeah and they called it the north pond hermit and I, I just read this story, you know, within a month. But it turns out that this guy was, um, this guy's name is Christopher Knight. Well, they found him. Wait, wait, they, yeah, well, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they found this guy in April of 2013, so a little over a year and a half ago. Yeah. He had been rumored to be in the area. This is in the area of Maine, kind of near Augusta, Maine, yeah. I believe. And uh, the police were kind of aware of it and man, it, but he was very elusive yeah. but eventually he got caught in april Would, of 2013 just, just, i'm sorry i don't mean to jump on your story but he wouldn't he periodically like he'd break into houses to like get food oh or, yeah or oh yeah and that's and why like that. there was yeah. this legend or yeah. myth or whatever that there was someone in the area who was because he he would steal things like propane yeah he had a propane stove and uh he would steal magazines and books oh. And but mainly food. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and he was sentenced uh, in October of 2013. Uh, he had lived. Now, this this just blows my mind, Andy. And uh, I think this is just it's just fascinating to me. Uh, he had lived in the woods for 27 years. And he disappeared right after Chernobyl. And which was 1986, 1986. Right. Wow. So uh, I think he graduated in 90 in, from high school in 84. 8485 and he, he tell him how they figured out the date because he said something to somebody who asked him how long he'd been yeah living there. well it's basically just that yeah, yeah they he said, said when did chernobyl happen yeah they said how long you've been gone he said when did chernobyl happen yeah. um and it turns out and i didn't verify i read the article but I, I read this assertion but this is fascinating if true uh that his encampment was only a few hundred yards from the nearest home wow but he had managed to uh remain hidden for for 27 years and uh it's just fascinating this guy and he in the gq article and i recommend reading it it's really pretty fast it's at five pages yeah. uh he asked him over and over again and he never really got a straight answer why did you do this why did you leave yeah. and he kind of said i don't know yeah this doesn't surprise me and i think i mentioned this to you that they think after you know he's captured and everything and they've yeah. been talking to him and then he's being analyzed or right. by uh, psychiatrists or yeah. whoever they think he's possibly um uh, highly functioning autistic asperger's oh yeah so human company may be a little bit uncomfortable for yeah him, or a lot uncomfortable yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And he made this, uh, he found a very good place to uh, live. He lives in a tent with a sleeping bag and he put a few tarps over his tent and he cooked with the gas stove. You had asked me, Andy, well, how did he survive those winters? Yeah, because Maine winters can be pretty brutal. 20 to 30 below, yeah. yeah. And what he did, this just really fascinated me. Yeah. Before the winter was coming, he would fatten himself up. So he would start eating and gorging. Wow. And he would put on weight. Yeah. He'd grow a beard, and he found a one-inch beard was the perfect length because it kept your face warm, but it didn't allow ice buildup. So he <laughs> discovered like a one-inch beard for yeah, I don't that's know if that's crazy. scientific. Yeah. And but he said he, he came close to death a few times in some of those winters. Yeah, I'll bet. And uh, one or two winters. Well, I don't know how many, but he ran out of food a couple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. He, he really suffered, it sounds like, in these winters. Yeah. And the thing that kind of one of the many fascinating things of the story is like he refused to give up. He would not go to society and say, hey, yeah. I can't live in a winter in yeah. Maine. Well, you know, you know, it's what's. There's, a, there's several things that are kind of interesting about this, but one is talk about the survival aspect of it. You, you know, it's no coincidence that in ancient societies, a punishment for somebody when you, I don't murdered somebody or whatever, was not necessarily death, but expulsion, banishment, banishment, which could be tantamount to death because without the support of, of the rest of the people around there, you, you were, you were finished. Yeah. So the fact that he, largely without you know i mean he he stole some things from people that helped him to survive but largely without any kind of outside influence he survived. yeah yes and no and that that's been one of the controversies since he got uh. captured is you know people were saying well it'd be one thing if he were out in the rockies surviving right. on rabbits yeah yeah and making bearskin clothes right but that's kind of my point though is like even I'm saying even even ancient peoples, it, it was it was pretty rough if it was just you on your own. Sure. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yes, he did take technology and uh, supplies from from other people. But he, he was alone. Yes, he was alone. Yeah. And they said uh, the, this is kind of interesting, too. The only time he's seen anyone in all that time, he, he did see someone he, they estimate in the 90s. And he, he was walking along and he came across a hiker. And they said, what did you say? And he said, hi. Yeah. And that's the only thing he said to anyone in 27 years is hi to to some hiker. So in a weird way, he's probably not very open or he might not. It might be hard to communicate with him. But I was also saying to Greg, he's like a time capsule. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that, too, when we first talked about this yeah. a few weeks ago. Although you said he got would get books and magazines. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. He 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 would take books and magazines. So he probably had an idea of what was out there. Yeah. Yeah. At least technology wise. It reminds and, me a little bit of that, that um, I, we might have even talked about it on the podcast, but that Japanese soldier uh, yeah. from World War Two, yeah. who, who they didn't, you know, who didn't give up until the 70s. early 1970s. Yeah, long time. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that's somewhat, I mean, somewhat similar story, but that guy probably lived off the land, right? Or was he, do you know, was he yes, stealing? He, he from lived off the local land and they did, they, he would still, he was in the Philippines. He, he would steal. And and he actually it started off as like a four guy. They were a four guy unit. They were all intelligence guys. They they actually were all graduates. I believe he was uh, particularly. Um, I know that for sure from the Nagano spy school. And they weren't like a lot of people wondered why he didn't like kill himself or something. And because, you know, people are familiar with the kamikaze. His orders, his duty, as he saw it, 
was to be like a guerrilla fighter and stay alive. I mean, that that was like his orders, stay alive and harass and stuff. And they did. They actually, even after the war, they, they, they were forgiven on this or he was. Uh, they actually I think they actually killed a couple of uh, Philippine okay. people. Was this a small island in the Philippines? I, or God, I don't know. You're not I sure. So they would have. But, run-ins but there's only one survivor on, on the that group the three well, three died or uh one guy was killed one guy i think very early on said forget this and left and then it was the two guys did the one guy give up i don't know if the one guy died or gave up but then, then it was, was the a... one guy by himself for a long time and how did they end up did he surrender event at that so, point or people they did all sorts of things they they sent his brother i believe out where they knew him to be with a loudspeaker. Telling oh, they him, knew. Like, they yeah, knew yeah. Yeah. And telling him, please give up. And, and he had just so convinced himself that this was like some sort of trick. Um, and you know what it was is it was finally, it was like a Japanese um, college student who became fascinated with the story and said, I'm going to go out and find this guy. And he brought newspapers with him and everything. And he went out and found him and, um, was able to convince him with just overwhelming evidence that the war was over. Things had moved on. The guy maintained his uniform. Wow. Like, um, and he, he kept, he kept clean and stuff. I mean, if you see pictures of him, he looked pretty ragged, but he still had like a Japanese soldier uniform. Wow. And yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah, Kind of, kind of a similar story. Yeah. He went on to be a business successful. He only died like last year. Oh, he went on to be a successful businessman and he lived in um, South America. Well, we should post that link because that's yeah. it's similar and very yeah. interesting uh, yeah. like this, this guy. But can you imagine being 27 years on your own? I mean, no. that's not a normal person. I like my alone time, but I don't know if I like it that much. Yeah. yeah. And I guess he loved reading, yeah. which is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he had a lot of time to read. He's like the Twilight Zone guy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he said he didn't get bored. Yeah. Twilight Zone will come up again in a bit, by the way. <laughs> he, he didn't get bored. Pretty amazing. I think I forget what the sentence was, but he, he had some sort of sentence, but it's kind of a re-emergence, a reintroduction to society right, as part right. of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, but you got to give him credit for surviving those yeah, winters. Absolutely. They said over a thousand burglaries in those years. So what's yeah. that per year? That's like 30 burglaries a year. About every two weeks he would burglarize to yeah. get food or... And, you know, and I'm for, you know, obviously people not stealing, but it sounded like he was taking food, propane tanks, stuff like no, nothing that would cause you to really. Right. Eat. Yeah. But also, again, it's interesting because there's this big debate afterwards. Right. And the, the people are saying, well, sure, he didn't hurt anyone or kill anyone, but right. there's a lot of anxiety in yeah. this area. Yeah. Like the, he would uh, pillage from or whatever the word would be, steal from within a 30 mile radius of his camp. He probably thought of it as foraging. <laughs> so they said that people, you know, they kind of lost their peace of mind. So that's yeah. part of one of the arguments saying, well, yeah, it's not a violent crime, but right. And he wasn't trying to hurt anyone, but he's causing yeah. a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, what if he, that's, it, it, there's, there's a kind of sadness to this. What if he's just a guy who cannot bear the company of people what do you do with somebody like that yeah well like i said they asked him why did you do it and he said he's not sure right but if he has some kind of asperger's thing maybe yeah. he just kind of deep down he just didn't want to be around people yeah or... and i do know i mean the only I, I can't relate to this fully but i do know there's been times where if you've ever kind of ex spent an extended time and i mean extended for us you know like a few days or whatever by yourself or out of contact with people it it's it's kind of hard to kind of go 
back. You know, you have this. Oh, you, yeah. do you, ever, you feel a little awkward? I, I, I do at least. I don't think I've been had that situation yeah. where I've been away from people that long. Yeah. Well, I, I occasionally fast. Yeah. Maybe it's somewhat similar because right. I'll quit eating for a day or two. Yeah. And when you start eating again, you can't just dive in. Right. You just start eating slowly and it takes another day or two to get back to your normal right, eating. Right, right. So maybe it's a similar thing. Like huh. when you pull yourself away from something. You know, you can't necessarily easily just jump right back in. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's interesting. The interviewer spoke with him several times and he said instead of getting better, it actually seemed to get worse. Yeah. He seemed to be getting worse dealing with life in a jail and yeah. and stuff like that. Ooh, so yeah, well, good, good luck to the guy. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I hope I hope things work out for him. And yeah. uh, but just a, I, to me, it just blows my mind that that's possible in this right. day and age, you know, but it makes you kind of also think like. Where do these myths and legends come Absolutely. from? It might be some weird things like this. Based you know? in reality, yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of myths and, and so forth, and myths and reality and so forth, a, a story that I really wanted to talk about at the beginning of the summer, and a lot of people talked about, so maybe it's good that we had a chance to wait, was the, the Slender Man attack. And I think there were a couple more afterwards too, but I, I don't know the details of that. But pretty much everybody knows that if you don't, uh, the Slender Man, which Greg and I talked about. Wow. We've talked about it a couple times. A couple times. A few um, within the last few recent basically, episodes. Basically, just as a real quick rundown is kind of this internet created myth. They know the history of this myth. It was it was actually part of an attempt to create a myth. Like on this It site. was a challenge to create yeah. a myth, right? What is it called? Uh, uh creepypasta. That's the website. The, the website. Okay. And they had a challenge to they create had a challenge a, or something, create a, create a modern, myth modern or myth and, or something like that. And it, it's basically he's and people did uh photo editing where they put this, this character in there and he's, he's supposed to be this tall, slender, dark, shadowy figure that has in a suit, right? In a suit, I think a hat. Yeah. And um, he has like these appendages, almost like spider legs that come off and, and, you know, the legend that they built around him is, you know, whenever a tragedy happened, you'd find him in the pictures. And and what did he did? He, he like would harm children or something like that. And then the attack, if anybody doesn't know about it, is earlier. When did I say it was in May? Uh, May 30th. May 30th. These uh, two 12 year old girls invited another. I believe she was 12 as well. Friend of theirs over for a sleepover, ostensibly. But the two girls had an agenda. They um, the one girl in particular believed that she was in contact with Slender Man and that he had he had a mansion out in the woods nearby where they lived. It was in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And that if they sacrificed the friend, they um, they would be able to join Slender Man. I don't know why you'd want to, but they'd be able to join Slender Man. And so they attacked. They almost killed her. They almost killed this girl. They stabbed her several times. So it was with knives and knife with attack. knives. And, and she managed to get away from them, crawl to the road and got help. And she survived, which is great. That's awesome. And uh, most recently, the girl who believes she talked to Slender Man and everything, she's been ruled incompetent um, to uh, stand trial. And you said she believes she's in contact with other mythical. Yes. Like she believes that unicorns are real and Voldemort from the Harry Potter series is real. And she calls him Baldy, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, she she sounds like she's very disturbed. But, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, this this also kind of relates the idea of making 
making something fictional real um, relates, you know, I know Greg and I have talked about the Philip experiment where people created a ghost, quote, you know, I'm putting the air quotes around it, you know, and had some interesting results purportedly. Uh, so I mean, you know, I was kind of fascinating, fascinated by this. And I also think how long that maybe this person, the person who created the Slender Man was actually tapping into something kind of like an archetype, like a Jungian archetype. And, you know, I think it's very close. The, the stories about it are very close to like the shadow people phenomenon that people talk about these shadowy figures that could show up and are often malevolent. And that's been around longer, right? The shadow people uh, idea. Yeah. And, and we will put a link. There is a, a guy has a really interesting, I think he actually created uh, uh, this video um, exploration of the Slender Man even before the, um, uh, the crime happened. And it's a really interesting kind of, he links it, uh, uh, he links it to the, all these old, tales and stories and everything and uh i was telling greg that as soon as i heard about shadow people which um was probably in the 90s i began to hear about it probably on coast to coast it reminded me of uh an episode of um the 1980s run of the twilight zone so <laughs> i don't even know how many people remember that but uh for i think about three seasons um, yeah, not too long not too long but a few about three seasons, about mid 80s. I think it might have started in 1986 as well. 85, 86. They had a whole new run of Twilight Zone. Uh, the theme song, uh, the version of it was done by, by the Grateful Dead. That was one of the kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, the little intro is, is fun to watch because it's, you know, similar to the old Twilight Zone. But they, you know, juiced it up and have kind of a different theme song. There was an episode that stuck out in my mind and it's called The Shadow Man. And uh, I won't go into details, but it's basically about this kid who's a coward and he discovers that this, uh, you know, he's picked on by other kids and and he discovers that there's this entity under his bed, which comes out at night. And boy, it looks like the description. It's a shadow, uh -huh. but it also has a big um, what they call a slope hat, uh -huh. which is like a big wide brimmed hat, yeah. like almost like a cowboy hat, yeah. but a little bit, a little bit different. And you know, this entity says to him, you know, I am the shadow man and I never harm the one under whose bed I sleep or something like that <laughs> or, or live or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it just struck me. I'm like, gosh, how long has this? It, it, it's like an idea that keeps popping up, like the, the malevolent shadow. And so we're going to I found the episode on YouTube. So it's YouTube. So who knows? Maybe it'll be gone, be gone or be there. But we'll we'll find a link and, okay. and try to put that on there. Um, but yeah, just that, that, cre that creepy, the idea of the mythological becoming real or, um, you know, the, the thing I was going to link to it and then we'll probably wind it up on this, but, uh, maybe it has to be over a year ago. I heard a story, I read a news story about a aspiring hip hop guy, aspiring rapper who really fully bought into he was insane i'm sure but he, <laughs> he bought into the idea of the illuminati you know that the you know that's like, a very common thing right and you know that a lot of people buy that and, I think. and you know jay-z and beyonce kind of play with the illuminati myth with they have some of the symbology in their shows and stuff but this dude felt like he wanted to join the illuminati <laughs> 
and that by doing so, he he would have to give them a sacrifice. It's very similar to the Slenderman sort of thing. Oh. So he murdered some dude. And, you know, and then, you know, oh, I hadn't heard this. Yeah. Oh, wow. no, it, it's it's a real story. Well, I'll find the link. To he that wasn't well. a major rapper, though. No, 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 no. He was an aspiring. So who knows? Aspiring. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of aspiring whatever. You know. <laughs> um, but but, the, you know, I found two things about that interesting. You know, I personally think that the Illuminati is a mythological thing. I don't think it's real uh, or is not currently real. If it ever, you know, if it ever was. And but it, here's somebody who believed in it enough that he acted on it. And when you hear about the Illuminati, in my history of knowing about conspiracy theory and stuff, is it's usually something that's a negative that people want to fight against, right? Right, not join. <laughs> but it does make sense that if you believe that the Illuminati control everything, the guy made, in his insanity, made a rational decision based on his insanity, I think, because he's like, I want to be part of the, the group that's, on the winning side that's controlling everything that's controlling everything yeah it, it's funny to me though about this this kind of thinking about kind of like the, the little girl believing in slender man and, yeah. and voldemort yeah and this rapper believing in the illuminati yeah because when i was young i kind of convinced myself to believe some weird things okay um but as you and i'm not sure if you did or not but yeah. i i, I kind of almost convinced myself that some weird things were true i and I kind of knew they weren't true, but I kind of wanted to go with it. Almost. Okay, th that's different. Uh, and I in this, I can make this very quick. When I was a kid, I loved Lost in Space. Sure. And one of the older names, and I'm talking, I was like about six. I'd say I was around six years old. One of the neighbor kids, he was older, told me that you could get a miniature version of the robot. And Robbie the robot. Robbie the robot. I think. Yeah, I guess that's his name. And that it did everything that the robot in Lost in Space did. And I'm telling you, for a good long time, I had intricate. And the other thing you told me, too, is he's like, uh, but they don't sell it to kids who are under such and such age. Right. <laughs> and but I developed such a fantasy, you know, fantasy life around the idea of me running around with my own little robot that did everything <laughs> right and i would talk about it and everything and i'm sure my parents just tolerated it until my my older sister who was kind of a dream killer <laughs> when we were kids she she finally said like you know so-and-so was just lying to you right and you know here's the thing unless i'm remembering it wrong i kind of did <laughs> but in her saying that it kind of tore away the last bit of being able to fantasize about right, it. Right, right. But there was a part of me that... Because the idea of having that robot was so, so cool, cool, you wanted to believe it. And I could it. just... Yes. And I think... I think... I, I, if I remember correctly, I kind of knew that it wasn't real. Yeah. But it, it took her saying it to kind of just really destroy it. And, and my point is yeah. that, you know, kids, I can kind of understand it because it sounds like we both kind of been there where you can... Yeah. You want to believe it or you kind of do or right. you can believe some fantastic things. Right. But when you're an adult, you know, like this rapper guy. Yeah. I mean, you should, but I guess that's where you get into mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this 12 year old, I think like at 12, she should be getting. Yeah, beyond I think. That. Oh, oh, definitely. I think this I think this is a case. Of I mean, you probably too. until you're 10 or something. But yeah. when, by the time you're 12. Yeah. I mean, as, at least I remember for me and my friends, you know, you yeah. kind of start to put that kind of. 
and you should have some child sense. fantasy yeah i think you should have some sense of reality too uh, by that point well that's why they they found her incompetent to stand trial so now i don't know about the other one i guess the other one is going to stand trial so kids never follow in, an insane person's plans <laughs> it's not a good idea well just keep in mind it's illegal to kill people yeah that's that, that's a if good there's role one to thing we'd like to impart from this episode don't kill anybody yeah or even hurt yeah that's probably you can not get a good in trouble idea. hurting yeah. people break it's someone's arm break probably their not nose a good idea you know put a knife in them not meaning to kill them but just hurt them yeah and, you know, yeah not a good that idea. could be a problem yeah <laughs> well gosh i so think we've done something greg i think we've uh, done a real public service we have if just one person doesn't kill because of this podcast <laughs> yes i think we've <laughs> we've done our we've done really our duty done something so um let's see i i'm not sure if we mentioned we, it's been a while since we did a lot last podcast we always mention that but um and I had some time and we wanted to come in yeah. to the new bunker, the new improved high tech bunker <laughs> and do a podcast. And uh, we always say this, but hopefully it won't be so long. Yeah. Before the next one. We'll make a, an effort. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Is that it? Okay. So for Rain City Bunker, this is Greg Moon. This yeah. is episode 24 wrapping up. This is Andy and we'll see you later. <laughs>